All right, you it's live. It's Thursday, Thursday, right? It's not Friday, 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 because you guys get Friday off. We don't work on Fridays. We have homework from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and today, Thursday. So today's kind of hype Thursday. I think I want to start something new. I used to do uh something my my a rant on Thursday. I don't want to do rants. I, I think that I should do a little hype on Thursday. So today. The title is It's Our Culture. Now, I know you're going to say, listen, Todd, we heard about It's Our Culture. But not like I'm going to say it today. Stand by. It's our culture. It's our culture. No, I'm not going to beat it into your head. I'm going to shake it into your head. It's our damn culture. So I was thinking about that today in this show, and I, and I see a lot of you aren't already this morning. Oh, that's good. That's good. So we're going to talk to some of you today because it's their, their Thursday. But here's the thing. I just couldn't get out of my head. Right here, here, here. Right. If you got something to write with, I know it's early. We're all just kind of getting here and everything. But here's what this is going to the teaching is going to be about today. Right. Because I had a teaching for Monday. I had a teaching for Tuesday. And then it was Valentine's Day. And then the incomparable gypsy chick shows up. The gypsy chick, like the Ohio State University, the gypsy chick. So when you put it in there, you go T-H-E gypsy. I'm not going to spell it because I'll probably spell it wrong. Chick. C-H-I-C-K. Chick. All right, so the Gypsy Chick was on. It was great. Lots of comments. I got to tell you, all the admiration you gave her was phenomenal. Helps me, helps her, helps you. So here's the thing that's in my head, right, about it's our culture, right? So this idea of building a culture, and this is your motivation today. This is your motivational quote, right? You can't build culture through emotion. You can't build culture through passion or emotion, but you can build culture through conviction. You can't build culture through emotion, but you can through conviction. And so when I was trying to line up Thursday with a little hump day on Wednesday, I have put in the back, I got the three distinguishing culture pieces that we as Christians, people, leaders, coaches, doers are, are, are called to, to, to aspire to. The, the three things that distinguish us from the world, which I've been leading to, and I'm going to do that today. And I'm going to teach on that today after the next break. 
But so, uh, uh, but but what's getting me there today is this this thing. Like, okay, Todd, you can't build culture. Well, why do I want to build culture? Well, first of all, you either build culture, or culture builds you. Whoa, <laughs> it was true. It's like there's only two types of cultures in this world: one that you build, or one that happens to you. Right. So I say we build our own culture, right? I say we build our own culture. But Todd, you're so excitable. You're, you're, you're so passionate. I mean, isn't that how you did it? Just like an emotional juggernaut. I mean, Gina probably would tell me that. She knows better. Hi, Gina, thank you for yesterday. No, you can't run through walls all the time. It's the idea of understanding the underpinning of passion, the understanding of emotion. We need emotion as human beings. But that is not how we're going to be able to build a culture that carries on beyond us. Because here's the idea is that something goes beyond us. And that's the culture. I'm going to give you three examples of myself. Some say my favorite subject. <laughs> come on, you know that was funny. There's a little truth in every joke my dad told me. So come on now, somebody. I see the comments coming. So here's the deal. I ran into a man by the name of Tom Hinton yesterday. Well, I didn't run into him. I had a, I had a lunch call with him. Heather set it up. I never met the man. He was recommended to me from Ron Eccles, who's a friend from the Wayback Machine. And I said, oh, I'll take the meeting. He's, a, he's an evangelist. He's a Christian uh, ministry leader. Dude, he's, turns out to be a fan. I never met him, never spoke to him. Took one phone call, said, come out to the house. And so we sat out there at the ocean uh, in front of the yacht and, and had a cup of coffee. And he shared his vision for me, which was beautiful, called the, the Barnabas. Uh, oh, man, I'm drawing blank. The Barnabas trend, the Barnabas act. He, it, it, was, it was amazing. And so he's pitching it on me. He wants to do this thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening, I'm listening. And then I threw wire differently out at him. And it was, it was a great thing. But the point I want to tell you about culture right now is Tom said to me, as he rolled up on me, he says, man, I got a beautiful place. I said, thank you. He said, Todd, I, I, I just want to share something with you. Is that I can tell something about you already. And I said, what is that? What is he? He said, well, I spoke to three of your people coming into this meeting before I even spoke to you. And they were remarkable. I said, well, thank you, Tom. That tells me that you have a culture of excellence. Thanks, Tom. Let me tell you another story. This very week, within this week, I was talking to Sam, who happens to be the budding president of PaySurf Systems and Corporate, brilliant man, smarter than me in so many ways. He said, Todd, I was, I, I was trying to hire someone the other day, and I went through the interview process with him, and, and I pitched your inverted leadership diagram. I said, really, Sam? He goes, he said, it blew him away. You know, the diagram where we put the CEO at the bottom and we put all the customers at the top, right? And that the CEO's job is to work for the VPs. 
and the VPs are supposed to work for management and management supposed to work for middle management and middle management supposed to work for the customer service people and the customer service people are working for everybody at the top. So the boss of my company is the people we're serving. I mean, that one, Sam, he said, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> he said, we have a great culture. I said, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. And, and the last one I, I want to share with you is, is another story of culture. Another story of, hey, Todd, um, this is amazing. You and your wife have been mentors and role models to us from the gypsy chick. And she said, in so many words, it's our culture that has inspired their marriage, their movement, their ministry, their mission. So don't tell me culture's not important. Don't tell me that culture isn't something that we should be working on in our lives. And so here's what I'm gonna tell you right now, is, is that you can't build that culture through emotion. What you can through conviction. Todd is not only a remarkable, successful 30-year titan in business with having multiple businesses that generate multiplied millions of dollars. If that plan happens to be to build a million-dollar company, which I can help you do. But he's humble. He's a man of God. He's a family man. The world's news organizations are built on everything but positivity. He is an influential entrepreneur and business speaker for over 30 years. I've got to forecast. I've got to pronounce. I've got to project. I've got to share with you my ideas, my vision, my goals for not only myself, but for you. That's why he's came up with his incredible concept of taking and creating a platform for people that are wired differently. And you got to understand that your habits of your person and your habits of your business and your habits of your spirituality have to lead to the North Star of who you are. We need to figure out who we want to be in life. Here we go. It's teaching time. It's Thursday. I'm going to, here's what I do. I was like, I'm going to be done early. Recess will be early. I always say that. I guess don't get your hopes up, right? Don't get your hopes up. But you know, you got Friday off, man. You got Friday. <laughs> All right. So here's what I want to talk to you about culture. So, so the quote, hopefully, see anybody wrote it down for me? Come on. Any helpers out there? Man, come on. What was the quote? What was the quote? Let's see if you got all you guys out there. Here's the quote. You can't build culture through emotion, but you can through conviction. And so let's talk about this idea of culture. We know that I'm setting a, a bar for culture. I'm setting a bar for some of you, all of you at some given point. And here's the thing, you're doing it yourself for others, right? I'm doing this for myself and you, and you're doing it for yourself and others. And so I just want to close this, uh, I guess this week on the whole feet washing thing that he gets us and this understanding of all the eight loves. I mean, we just wrapped a lot in there. Good morning, Abby. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning, Linda, Debbie, Greg. I'm going to give you a shout out right now, Greg, because I know that we tried 
uh, Wednesday. And brother, I did try. So we will connect, okay? We will connect. All right, hi, Linda. Hi, Diane. Man, that's good. Christopher, good to see you. Chris, good to see you. Gary, Chad Michael. Who is Chad Michael? Oh my gosh. You guys want no secret? <laughs> oh man is my life the best in the world he rolled up on me at like 8 50 hey you want to hang out well we had a plan i thought he might be here a little earlier but i forgot and i started the show and now he's sitting in the back creeping on me so here's the thing i built this entire week up over it wasn't labeled as it's our culture, but I wanted to tie in that quote with what I wanted to close with today because I really want you to take three values out of this week. You know, we talked about Jesus washing feet. We talked about Jesus having his feet washed. We told the story about how Jesus was at the Last Supper. I, I love telling this story because I think it's important that everyone remembers it and understands it. And here's the deal. Jesus is at the Last Supper. He's got 12 disciples hanging out with him, and he's he's got some news for him. And I call it the last miracle Christ ever performed prior to actually resurrecting from the dead. But after he resurrects from the dead, I mean, it's a new story, right? It's, an, it's a new era. It's a new, new beginning, man, because if he wouldn't have rose from the dead, every miracle that he would have created would have never meant a hill of beans. Nothing. Think about that. All this prophecy in the Old Testament, thousands of years. I mean, I'm blowing myself away thinking about this right now. All, all of this. A thousand years and years of prophecy and stories and the Messiah's coming and, and Melchizedek, the forerunner, and Baptist John and the, the, whole, the whole dipping and baptizing and the healing of the dead and the creating the wine I know out of water and, and healing the demons and the pigs running off the cliff and demons being run. I mean, there's so many miracles and parables that Jesus told, but if he would have never, I digress, but if he would have never rose on the third day, it would all been for not. Now, when I drink my coffee, I just really want you to understand. I want you to think about what I just said. I see you snuck in here, Heather. How you doing? So here's the thing. We are called in our culture to love. We talked about agape love, eros love, sorge love, eli love, phileto love, pregma love, ludus love, and my favorite mania love. Remember that one from yesterday? Like the crazy obsessive love? I know it's not my favorite, but every great movie has a mania love in it, right? So here's the thing. I want to break this down for something we can digest today. And I want to do it right now. So if Christ in this Last Supper leaves at the end of the supper and goes and gets crucified and then rises in the third day, it proves everything before it is real. He rises, he proves it's all real. So at the Last Supper, his last miracle was this very story. He says, hey, guys, hey, bros, this is my Last Supper. Oh, man, tell it ain't so, Jesus. Oh, it is. Right. And I'm going to be leaving. No, you're not. Yes, I am. 
I'm going to prove it. Okay, well, what are we going to do? So he says, listen, I'm going to wash all your feet today. What? Feet washings for people that come off the road grimy and servants wash their feet, right? He says, no, I got to robe. He puts his robe around his waist. He gets down. He starts scrubbing everybody's feet. And that, that, here's the significance of this last miracle is, is that within the 12, he washes all their feet. Peter jumps up and says, hey, man, I, I'm going to wash my feet. You're the king. You're the Lord. You're the, you're, you're, I'm not going to let you do that to me. And Jesus says, hey, Peter, you're always acting up like that. I get it because you're full of passion, right? I need your conviction. And if you don't let me wash your feet, I will have none of you. Now watch this. Here's what Peter does. He says, in passion, he says, oh, <laughs> well, if that's the case, then wash my head, wash my arms, wash my hands, wash my shoulders. Jesus says, slowly roll, bro. Didn't you bathe last night? Yeah. Then why do I need to wash all your body? I'm just going to metaphorically wash your feet because I want you to understand I am not above serving you or anybody. And of course, Peter obliges. The lesson right there in passion is not the answer. Conviction is the answer. Jesus goes through this whole thing. And the last miracle that Jesus actually creates in this last supper, it, to my knowledge, and you know, I'm not a theologian, I just work at it, is, is that we didn't know at the table, they didn't, the 12 didn't know that Judas Iscariot was sitting there, probably sick to his stomach, turning white, because he'd already turned Jesus into the authorities, and Jesus knew because God told him that he's going to be crucified, and it's the way it was all to play out. But Jesus, uh, Judas Iscariot turned him in. The other disciples didn't know. Here's the deal. The miracle is that Jesus knew that. The miracle is, is that Jesus washed Judas's feet. That's the story. That's the culture. That's what we do. And so I want to take you into the last section of the show today, and I want to talk about our culture as Christians, our culture as wired differently people. Like I, I got a whole website right here for you guys to go check out the beginning and the sharing of our culture, wireddifferently.com, right? It's not like I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not creating something that we can't wear our raging fandom for God on our sleeves, I am doing that. And this is our misfit university, right? This is where us believers, us misfit of this world fit. And we're going to collect ourselves and we're going to call ourselves wired differently, Jesus followers. We're going to, we're going to do that. And we're going to do it in a way that we can collect and share and be a part of each other's lives. And I'm super excited. And I'm doing it with you now. So I'm so, so, so proud of that. So here are the three things though, that I want you to understand for our culture that distinguishes us, watch this, distinguishes us from the rest of the world. Now, you, you can't have a culture if you're not different. Wow, Todd. What makes you different? What's your market-dominating position? What's the culture of your market-dominating position? So here's what makes us different. Here, here, is, here is what I want you to understand. The culture, the love, and all that's happening. Here are the three 
here are the three distinguishing pieces. And this is not hard. I'm just I'm milking this thing out, right? Like, get to it, get that's why Tracy won't watch me. Not because uh she's too busy or she's she's busy but she's like you drag things on i said babe i mean i got 30 minutes people want to be entertained a little bit they want to have some drama in their life my wife's a c and she wants every a c personality trained she's like she my wife actually reads directions like when they when we put something in a box it comes she pulls the directions out she's okay let's read these directions can you imagine i digress chad likes it when i say i digress here are your three distinguishing characteristics, three distinguishing points of our wired differently movement, which is truly the gospel and Christian movement, right? Number one, the way we treat our tribe, write this down, the way we treat our tribe, number one. We talked about that in Matthew, day one. No, we talked about it in Romans. It was Romans. Remember, Paul was going through Rome to Spain, so he wrote Rome a letter. He said, you must honor your tribe. You must honor your people. And what's going on there is Paul is building up the Roman Christians that were converted Jews to honor their tribe. So number one, that's why our differently people were honoring our tribe. Um um the 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 gypsy chick was on here yesterday she's part of the tribe she gave us her true feelings authentic chick she should change her name to the authentic chick she can go both ways on that but, but here's the deal we honor each other we're christians christians is our tribe christianity is our tribe why are different is our tribe we honor each other and so the world you know if if the outside world is being influenced by a tribe that fights, do they want to be a part of that tribe? I said, no. Rule number one is how we distinguish ourselves from the world, the gospel, the Christian faith, and the wired differently mindset, mission, movement, and ministry is how we treat the people in our own tribe. Number two, how do we treat the people outside of our tribe. I'm telling you, this is one-on-one -on -one stuff. But I, I, if I don't tell you, you're not reminded of it. I'm not brilliant. I'm not a genius. I'm 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 the chief. I'm what you call a a C R O, a chief reminder officer. I'm a modern day Apollos. I don't get it all right, but I go back until I get it right. It's our culture. Number one, how we treat people in our tribe. Number two, how we treat people outside of our tribe. Paul was pretty clear in Romans how to honor and to uh, show love towards people in our tribe. And then Jesus doubles down here on how to treat people outside of our tribe. We wash their feet. Judas Iscariot. Not in the tribe. He acted like he was in the tribe. He was in the tribe for a while, but he turned coat. He he literally sold Jesus out, had him crucified. Jesus still washed his feet. 
can you think of anybody in your life right now that you're not happy with? It's not in our tribe or your tribe. And listen, I don't want to get hung up on like, like just Christianity is the only tribe. Like I have other tribes. I have a Christian tribe, a wire differently tribe, which is the same tribe. I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to, I probably have some Christian tribe members that don't want to be in a wire differently tribe. So that's okay. That's a tribe here and a tribe here. But I also have a, a, a company tribe where I have workers. I have, you know, as many as 50 workers, depending on, 500, depending on who we're staffing in that regards. But here's the thing. It's, that's a whole nother tribe that's influenced by my core tribe, but that's a tribe. Who? Are you, how are you treating people that are not in a tribe or your tribe? Because the world's seeing that. One, they're seeing how they, you treat your own club, your own tribe, and they're seeing how you treat people that are not in your tribe. Now listen, you righty tighties and you lefty loosies, I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to myself right now. Yeah. I, I, I lean a little left socially, but I'm in my right mind. I've been waiting to use that one. But, but here's the thing. How am I treating people in that crazy liberal side, Right. How am I, if, cause they're not really fitting in a lot of them aren't lining in many or any of my camps, but I, I I'm called to literally pray for those who persecute against me. I'm literally called to be willing to serve or wash feet of those people that don't believe in my God, don't believe in my political beliefs, don't believe in, in the way I love I, I, I cannot, I cannot go against the calling of God, even though I don't feel comfortable doing it. I mean, come on, give me a break here. Come on. Somebody stand up and say amen, because at the end of the day, if I don't say it, as much as I don't want to say it, as much as I don't want to be it, I am called in my culture to do that. Well, there's the emotion. Lastly, one, how we treat our tribe, two, how we treat the world outside of our tribe, and three. The way we teach. Come on now. I don't think you knew that one. Do you know that one, Chad? Do you know I was coming? You can look it up. I don't know if you're going to find it because I wrote it. But I, I really, from our Wire Differently teaching perspective, from whatever you want. <laughs> Heather, I see what you wrote there. I shouldn't have comments on it. I look over. Heather's calling me out on CRO. But it, 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 I just really want to bring this home today because at the end of the day, the way we treat our tribe is very, very important. Right, Heather? I, I think it's even more important on the way we treat those that are not in our tribe because we're called by God to do that well and better and very purposefully. But each level I give you is, I think, more important. Treating your own kind good is easier. Number two, treating the, the kind that's not like you is getting very difficult, especially when we're called to pray for the Mar like we did on Tuesday. Oh, man. We're called to do it. And number three, it's probably 
for me and for many, harder than one and two, because I believe the third piece of distinguishing our culture from the rest of the world is how we teach our culture. And I'm not saying that you have to have a podcast to teach. <laughs> I, I want to make one more Jixi chip, Chick ref, reference. She called me a Bible master. I'm far from a Bible master. But everybody's at a different level of their learning. And I think that everybody should have a teacher and be willing to teach themselves. And I think that's what she's referencing to and, and what she's doing and her husband is doing and the things that are going on there and the people that, that are watching here, you're called to teach. I didn't say podcast. Right. And, you know, you don't have to teach math. You don't have to teach science. But I think when it comes to leadership, it's innate in us, especially as followers of Christ, right? Biblical following people, right? So we need to teach. And the core of all of our teaching should be built on the premise of the Bible. I'm going to wrap this show up here. I had a great show. But I, I, I'm going to give you a quick story. I have a friend. He's a great friend. I'm going to just, let's call him Gary, because that's really his name. <laughs> and he is one of my closest friends. And we've traveled and we did speeches and he's, he came to see me in Philadelphia. And he, he's just a great guy, man. He, he's always rooting for somebody. Financial investment guy. We were talking one day and, and he said, uh, he said, man, I watched your show the other day. I said, oh, really? It's nice. It was great. I said, good, good. I, I want it to be good. Some of them are better than others and this or that. And he goes, man, you, you preach a lot on that. I said, oh, I mean, preach, teach, motivate. He says, well, I, I speak sometimes on the Bible, and I always take everything I say that I, 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 I speak on to an authority like a pastor. Who, who checks all your biblical teachings? <laughs> Man, I was, I tried not to be offended. I chose not to be offended because he was just really, he, he wasn't correcting me. He was, I, he was, I, we dove into it a little more and he, he said, listen, you're doing a great job. I just like, I, you're so brave to go out there and preach. And I'm like, listen, Gary, man, I get up at, 4, 4.30 every morning, and I study specifically on what I'm going to say, and a lot of it comes to me in the morning from uh, the Bible devotions that comes before me, so I don't have time to literally prepare weeks in advance because the topic is given to me the morning from my devotional. And so I, I, I work hard at it. And so my, my biggest authority is God, obviously, in the biblical writing. So I think some of you should know that, that uh, my teaching, the way I teach, I, I believe God has asked me to do it this way. And I read and I study and we have, I have several different Bibles and all the things that we get there. So, But this here today, I want you to understand from a Wired Differently Coaching motivational moment, I want you to take this away with you today as we wrap up. I want you to think about your culture. I want to think what culture, what tribe, how are you treating the people in your tribe, your family, your closest tribe, number one. And number two, how are you treating those outside of your tribe? Because we want to be tribal influencers. And last but not least, the question really is, how are you teaching 
of your culture. The question wasn't, are you teaching? It was, how are you teaching? And I think those are the three separators of our wired differently mindset, mission, movement, and ministry. So it's been a great Thursday. Let's do one quick commercial here for Chris and we'll get you out of here. Check out this website. We keep building it. We've got uh, 70 shirts now to pick from. And I think the funnest thing to do, because the, the prices are still way discounted while we're building this out. Um, just a little trick here. Go to pick a category so you can like literally see everything that's going on. Uh, we made some adjustments to some of these shirts and sweatshirts and we'd love to have some comments. These are all just great. And so a lot of people ask me, how can I support you, Todd? I don't want a $30,000 coaching package and I, and I don't really have time to get coached and that's business and I'm really not in business here and there. And this is for everybody to help keep the show moving, keep me moving, get this gospel out there and build this raging fandom for God. Right. If I can wear the Detroit Lions on the back of my shirt, why can't I wear God? And Wired Differently is merely the gospel. Well, what a great day we've had today. I'm just going to give a few shout outs here. Angela, I see you. Abby, how's the baby? Nicole Beck. Listen, Nicole Beck, I think Nicole, oh, it's not Nicole, but I do have Nicole. You've got some shirts and you have not sent me images of shirts. So I'm looking for you to send me some shirts. But I think I loaded one, I think Chad's wife, another Chad, Chad Brewmeister's wife, uh, sent us, there she is. There she is, Chad's wife. Beautiful sweatshirt. Thanks for the shout out. Listen, everybody, get to wireddifferently.com. Support the Mindset Mission Movement and Ministry. And I will see you Monday. What do you think, Chad? Pretty good show? You want to sign us out, Chad? <laughs> do I want to sign us out? Hey, take us out. What do you want me to say? Come on. Something like, man, y'all get wired differently or something yeah. like that. Yeah, let's get wired differently because we're going to get it on like Donkey Kong. Let it rip, potato chip. This has been the Wired Differently Experience. W-D-E-X.